Spontaneity and unpredictability are qualities that many of us value in people. To say that someone is predictable is often a way of saying that he or she is dull and boring. This may reflect the fact that most of us lead pretty secure lives. Most of us know where our next meal is coming from, when our next holiday will be, even quite accurately when our next baby will arrive. We can afford the luxury of finding predictability boring, but that is not the case for most of the world. Unpredictable weather can spell death, and unplanned pregnancy can spell starvation. No wonder many cultures value God's immutability so very highly. Even we who think we like variety may be unexpectedly hurt by friends and partners who leave us for someone new and more exciting. We say that they have acted out of character when before we might have found their whimsicality appealing. Or we travel in search of novelty and then recreate our own home wherever we go. <clears throat> Perhaps we are not entirely truthful with ourselves in thinking that stability is tedious. In today's epistle, James speaks of God as one with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. He is saying first that nothing can make God react uncharacteristically, and second, that God does not have to rethink who he wants to be each morning. And as Jane Williams has so wonderfully put it, we cannot make God change by shouting at him. God is so completely himself, so at peace in his own skin, as it were, that he has the genuine freedom to be who he is always. God does not try to change in order to get affection or a laugh or more power. God is holy, dynamically, vitally content. Just think of the one or two genuinely happy people you know. I bet they radiate a kind of energetic contentment that makes everything, everyone they are with feel more content to be themselves and more determined to be better. Could that be perhaps a pale reflection of the nature of God? If so, it means that God is wholly available to us, wholly present for us in a way that no human being can ever be. Because for us, some part of our own worry or insecurity always interferes in our relationships to a greater or lesser degree. God knows himself thoroughly. God knows himself thoroughly. And James is exhorting us to imitate God in knowing ourselves thoroughly. Looking in a mirror will not help us. We need to look, James suggests, into the steadfast nature of God in order to see ourselves clearly. Slowly, slowly, as we get to know ourselves through God's eyes, our lives will become consistent with the great and liberating consistency of God. And we will not have to vow each morning to behave with love and charity, because love and charity will be what we are. I recently finished a memoir written by the former head of the Episcopal Church of Scotland, Richard Holloway. The book is called Leaving Alexandria, Alexandria being the name of the town that he came from. Richard Holloway decided at the age of 14 to be a priest. He left his home in Scotland to begin training at a school run by an Anglo-Catholic monastic order in England. At about 16 or 17, 
he further committed himself to being a celibate monk, serving as a priest within the monastic order, which was training him. As a boy, Holloway had loved American westerns and other movies, with clear heroes acting heroically. And as a youngster, he had, as he now puts it, a romantic idea of giving his whole life to God and foregoing the experiences of ordinary life, including having a family. He was going to be a hero of the faith. Well, when he got a bit older, Mr. Holloway fell in love, and he left the monastic life to marry and to work in a poor city parish. He loved his wife and his children, and he loved his parish work. He did much good. But Holloway always felt that God thought him a failure because he had not stuck with his earlier vows. He had failed to live up to the expectations he thought both God and the church had of him. And another thing, Richard Holloway began his church work with conservative theological and social views. But as he matured and as he gained more experience, his ideas changed, and he felt confl conflicted about this, too. In the back of his mind, he thought he was betraying the men whose lives and ideas had drawn him into the church in the first place. Richard Holloway was eventually elected to be the Archbishop of Scotland, but he resigned after only a few years because his now very liberal and untraditional beliefs about God and the church no longer fit easily within the institution he was called to lead. It took leaving the church for Holloway to accept that when God calls us to faithfulness, God isn't calling us to put on a straitjacket. God isn't calling us to live lives that are static and unchanging. Faithfulness requires putting what we believe into a vigorous and ongoing conversation with what we see and experience. Faithfulness requires being open to the new, the uncharted, the possible. Faithfulness requires taking risks. Faithfulness may require recognizing that our vocation has changed, that life and God are calling us in new directions and to new responsibilities. God doesn't change, but what God calls us to may well change. And it is only by going back to our most primordial understanding of God, our most basic sense of who God is, that we can see ourselves as God sees us and loves us now in the present for who we are today. These are my words, not his, but I think much of Richard Holloway's conflict was due in part to tension between tradition and traditionalism tension between having a living and developing faith on the one hand and doing and saying what has always been done and said just because it has always been done and said. Christian, I'm sorry, church historian Yaroslav Pelikan observed that tradition is the living faith of the dead while traditionalism is the dead faith of the living. It is an important distinction because you and I worship a God who is living and dynamic even as he is constant and changeless. Our traditions about God and our understanding of how we fit into God's story must also be living and dynamic. And for us, this may well, will probably require change. In another wonderful turn of phrase, Gustav Mahler, of all people, said that tradition is not the worship of ashes, but the preservation of fire, 
Tradition is not the worship of ashes, but the preservation of fire. Holy God calls us to preserve fire, indeed to be on fire. Holy God calls us to be human beings fully alive. Fall is a wonderful time for new beginnings. As you head into this season, root around in the ashes of your soul. Look for still glowing embers, and then see what you can do to produce flame. Amen.